you've got a Bible, turn to the book of Mark. I just really sense heaven in this room. I tell you, I sense God here so powerfully. So God, help us to be sensitive to you this morning. Amen. 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 I've uh, recently read a book that was written in uh, 1577, and it's called The Interior Castle. It's written by a nun. And um, I'm not particularly going with the subject that the book is about, but I love the title. The Interior Castle. To be strong on the inside. Who knows that it's your interior world that really is the world you live. We don't see the world as it is. I don't know who said it, but it's a great statement. We see the world as we are. We have lenses. They studied uh, people going through various um, small uh, crises or difficulties. And essentially, who the person was is how they reacted. So angry people got angry. And sad people got sad. And guilt-filled people got filled with shame. And, but happy people stayed happy. There's this wonderful statement in the book of Judges. It says, as a man is, so is his strength. As a man is, so is his strength. And my, my call this morning really is, God, help us to be strong on the inside. Right? Somebody growl at their neighbor. Arr! Don't do any of this polite English Christianity thing. We're here to change the world around about us and do good. Amen? And who knows that we need to be strong in order to do that. We've got this uh, uh, great passage here in Mark chapter 4 and starting at verse uh, 35. Let me read it to you. Let's use it as a bit of a text for this morning. That day when evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. And there were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, uh, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? He got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. And the wind died down and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, wouldn't you love it if your friend said this to you? Why are you so afraid? You wimps, in other words, that's my translation. Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Jesus had a peace-filled, strong, interior world. So much so that when a furious squall, and it would have been a furious squall, because to terrify these tough fishermen, it must have been pretty bad. And they woke him up and he was asleep. Oh, sleeping through problems. Sounds like one, sounds wonderful, isn't it? To have an interior that's so at peace that the things outside you don't shake your insides. Does anybody else's outside world affect their inner peace? It didn't affect Jesus. That's where we want to get to. Where what happens on the outside isn't freaking out my inside. We're far too shaken by what goes on around about us. Someone once said, you can tell how big a person is by how small a thing shakes them. Isn't it true? We kind of, we we, we run around, we're we're distraught. Why? Because we forgot to copy Sherlock. I'd love to grab some people and take them to certain parts of the world where there are real 
problems. Come on, you know what I mean. Normally, we slap ourselves a bit silly, look in the mirror and go, for heaven's sake, that's a first world problem, Cooper. Get a grip. Someone was left off the rotor, they leave the church. I go, rock of Gibraltar, them, tough as anything, left off a rotor and they leave. It's never really happened, of course, here. But this is the thing. I don't know about you. I find with British Christians, sometimes weak is quite fashionable. Yes. We slightly like it because it gets me out of responsibility. But weak is not powerful. Weak is not the default state that we're admiring and longing for. Weak cannot be our excuse to get us out of everything we shouldn't have watched or we should have done or we shouldn't have said or we should have said. We can't use weak all the time, 20, 30, 40, 50 year old Christian to say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm just weak. Jesus, please forgive me again. I don't know about you. I'm a bit bored of weak. I want to be strong. You see, because when the strong keep going, the weak give up. If you give the strong a weight to carry, they're still carrying it, but the weak drop it. When the strong attend, the weak turn over in bed. When the strong embrace destiny, the weak get lost in fear. Oh, to be strong, to have an interior castle that's not intimidated by the smile or lack of smile of another. We live in a world begging for approval. And it makes us extremely weak. Because we're thrown, James 1 says, tossed back and forth by the waves. And we become double-minded. One minute we're in church, next minute we're out. One month we're there every week, then we disappear for two months. And we remain weak. And so we never attain the things that God has for us. Why? Because waiting and building strength is part of how we attain a good destiny. How we build a good family. How we build a strong mind is we keep going. When the strong are resilient, the weak are putting on another episode of EastEnders or Coronation Street. Oh, to be strong. Um, I thank you, both of you. (laughs) We live in a weak world led by weak people who again live for the headlines and not for what is right or wrong. Let's not be those people. Let's be the kind of people that there are people waking up today and worshipping like we are, but in a country where they may get bombed for it, where they may get shot for it, where they may get arrested for it. There are people saying, I'm going to go and I'm going to give my opinion on this, that or the other. And I know that by sundown, I may be in jail. I may even be dead, but I will stand for truth. People say that Christianity is shrinking in the, in the nation. I, I don't actually believe it is. I believe nominal Christianity is shrinking. Yeah. Yeah. Because when it becomes unfashionable to be spiritual, is suddenly all those people that call themselves Christians because they go twice a year slightly disappear from the statistics. Yeah. But here's what I believe. There is a strong church of the living God. A strong church who when the waves are raging around about can rest their head on a pillow saying, God is my refuge, my fortress, my strength. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. We can run into it and be saved. 
not afraid of the taunts of others, but knowing I am loved by God. My tomorrow is in his hands. Let's be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Poof, try saying that without your teeth. When you, when you kneel, they say, will you kneel before this false king? We will not kneel. Our God may save us. But even if he doesn't, we will not kneel. Come on. See, the opposite of fear isn't faith. The opposite of fear is love. Our issue is that we don't fully feel loved. Where there is love, it casts out all fear. We need to let the love of God fully into our world. He is for us, with us, not against us. And we've got to start to build a strong interior life. Not so shaken by the email or the Facebook update. Anybody? Listen to this. The strong can do what the weak cannot. That is a simple and yet extremely profound statement. And that's why I'm preaching. Some of this is is, uh, this little statement I'm going to give. It was written by Phil Pringle. And it's just so simple, but listen to it for a minute. The strong can do what the weak cannot. You know, the Bible talks about we're a fool if we think we're going to build a tower and then we start building it without counting the cost and think, can I really do it? A lot of us can talk the talk. Let us build lives that can walk the walk. Right? We, we want to be able to do, not just theorize, not just dream, not just hoo-ha and have a clap on a Sunday, but we need to be able to do what the strong can do. You need to become strong for your kids. Who knows that you've got to be strong to sustain a marriage? Not mine. Mine's easy. But I'm talking about yours. You've got to be strong when your kids are are playing with you. Who knows that kids know how to play with your emotions, right? They say of the dad that the girl can, you know, wrap around his little finger kind of thing. Why? Because who, who knows? Don't tell your kids, parents, but even parents are driven by approval addiction. Yeah. Yeah. Zach's got this great line. If you're telling him off, he'll cover his eyes. There's no tears. It's just, you've got to look for the, you've got to rub. There's nothing there, Zach. And he goes, he goes I'm heartbroken. <laughs> Heartbroken. Is that heartbroken? <laughs> You're telling me off again. <laughs> I never thought today would be like this. <laughs> He's six, if you don't know. <laughs> and, and, and things pull on us. But who knows? You can't be a good dad if you're addicted to your own child's approval. You can't be a good employee if you're actually scared of your boss. Yeah. Yeah. Studies have actually shown that leader-employee relationships are filled with, as soon as a, an employee hangs around a leader, there's fight or flight that takes place inside them. That's why you get tongue-tied around your boss or you say stupid jokes and you walk away going, why did I say that? Because we have things that go on inside of us all the time. And who knows, you end up the result of your interior world. Who wants yes. a strong interior? Absolutely. I want to be a father to my child. Yeah. I, I want to be his friend, but I don't need to be his mate. He's going to say some dumb stuff. Probably if he's anything like me for about the next 30 years. 
But I need, I need to have a soft enough, soft enough heart, but a thick enough skin to soak it up and love him back. Because yep. we, be, we need to change the polarity on our lives. So many of us are trying to suck approval out of the world. No, no, no. No, you, you, you'll die trying to live like that. Turn the polarity. Start giving it. And you'll find that you're receiving it from heaven to give away. You're going, I am loved. I'm not looking for love from how many likes on a Facebook page or how many people said you did really well this morning. No, I'm lo- I want to give away the approval of heaven. I want to give away approval to my children. Give away approval to your strange work colleagues. Just let that hang there because it's fun. But it's amazing. This... Wake up to this fact, the strong can do yeah. what the weak can. Why have you got that? Why have you got that house? Why have you gone there? Why, why are you always happy? Why have you got that marriage? Why, the strong can do. Listen to this. The strong resist when the weak don't. The strong keep going when the weak give up. The strong resist temptation when the weak give in. The strong remain in peace while the weak stumble and are thrown off and fall. The strong turn up when the weak give up. The strong carry heavy weights when the weak throw them off. The strong control their emotions while the weak live in stress. The strong draw meekness and humility out of their lives while the weak are overcome by their own ego. The strong do not dwell on issues they cannot change while the weak are overcome by regret and shame and the disapproval of others. The strong attend when the weak fall away. The strong break through, clear the way, endure hard times. They don't grumble when it's not ideal, but the weak fail. They're thrown by little irritations and small-mindedness. The strong attack. They take ground, they advance, they improve, they update, they embrace change, while the weak hide, hoping for the path of least resistance. The strong embrace all that God has for them, while the weak fall away, fail, and are forgotten. Who wants to be strong? Right, I want a a strong interior. Just like you, stuff goes on in my world that comes to shake me. And we've got a little saying in our house. I'll often, you know, we get a, might get an email or a phone call or something happens or somebody does something or says something. It's just part of, we all go through different things like that. In our our house, we have this saying, I just go, here's my response to things. It's this, 40,000 feet. You might go, what do you mean by that? I'm staying at 40,000 feet. I'm not coming down to that level. You see, Nehemiah was was building the walls. He was about an important task. And people kept coming to taunt him and pull him away and come down to see this guy and that guy. And Nehemiah said, I am not coming down to see you. I am about a great work. There are many things in life that are trying to draw us down to the level of the argument, down to the level of the insult, down to the level of getting stressed and worried. But here's a thing to say at home. Say to each other when summit comes up, 40,000 feet. Here's another good one. None of my business. Now, there are things that are your business, but there's, you know, the vast majority of things I've discovered are none of my business. Do you know what so-and-so is saying? Oh, none of my business, what they're saying. Do you know what so-and-so is thinking? Do you know where they've gone? you know what that was happened with this? Or, you know, name whatever you want. Learn to understand that when we get up to our armpits in people's issues, we get drawn down into their world. I don't mean going down and helping someone up. But when they pull you down and you can no longer get up. So you've got to be strong before you go down. And there comes times in life, especially if your friendship group is going through a thing, when you've got to go, 
None of my business. Don't want to talk about it. Not going to live there. Because there are several lessons of strength I want to do over the next few weeks. And here's the, here's the first one. Let's see if I've got it here. Yeah, here we go. Luke chapter 10. As Jesus and his, and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted. Say distracted. By all the preparations that had to be made, she came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister's left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you're worried. Say worried. Worried. And upset. Say upset. Upset. About many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen. Say chosen. Mary has chosen what is better and it won't be taken from her. Focus is a choice. We choose to leave 40,000 feet and go down and get embroiled in the issues. And, and to, you know, there's some things I don't know about you that I don't want to hear. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I knew a, a great minister and he used to get lots of complaint letters. He'd get many more thank you letters. But like anybody that puts their head up in public, you will get a lot of complaints too. That's just the life. That's public life. And so he had a deal with his secretary. When negative letters would come through, she would stand at the door of his office and wave them at him. And she said, look at this. And he'd say, yep, I've seen it. And she'd walk away and go, he has seen your letter. (laughs) But he didn't want to read it. So he's seen your letter. But the details are going to lodge in my spirit and draw me down to a world that I wasn't made for. I was made to be seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus with a focus on God. Now Mary had chosen what was good, what was better. I'm going to sit here. I'm going to listen to Jesus. I'm going to have something inside of me where I can hold peace. But who knows, there's so many distractions in life. The ought to's, the should to's. And I know there's, some, there's, there's things that we need to take ourselves and our minds and our emotions to. But who knows, if you overwhelm with that stuff, yep. you're going to live a weak life. Yep. Yep. Focus yep. is the first part of strength. I choose to focus on God. I'm not going to focus on my past and live in shame. Forget the former things I press on. Yes. I'm facing forwards. Because if you, if you ride a bicycle, trust me, because with Zach, you get this all the time. If you ride a bicycle looking backwards, the result is not good. You will go the way you're looking. Look forward. Yeah, but am I allowed to? Because actually I feel some shame and regret. This, this is the wonder of the gospel. It's good news. You're allowed to look forward again. And so what happened, happened. I don't have a time machine. I'm not a time lord. I can't go back and do it again. But what I do have is forgiveness and a clean start and a second chance and a third chance and a fourth chance and a Savior who loves me and a Savior who's not intimidated by my humanity and my brokenness. He never expected me to be perfect. He is making me perfect. So I'm going to face forward and keep going with God. Because what you focus on will grow. Focus on the future. Focus on the words of Jesus. Focus on the life of Christ. Focus on his love for you. Focus on his goodness. Focus on his word. Let it stir in your heart. Listen to these scriptures. I'll read them really, really quick. Philippians 4, 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. 
amazing verse here. Do not be anxious about anything. Yes. In other words, don't <laughs> leave 40,000 feet. Yeah. A- anybody with me want to admit, okay, Cooper, easier said than done. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Maybe inside you've got to say to yourself about the bills, about <clears throat> conflict, about a diagnosis. I'm staying at 40,000 feet. Yeah. I'm staying in the rarefied, grace-filled air of God. I'm staying, I'm not going to come down, I'm coming up here, because actually I'm only of earthly use when I'm heavenly minded. And that's the truth, that's the truth. Um, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Verse 7, and the peace of God, it's that head on a pillow, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. So what did Jesus do in the back of that boat? Well, we don't really know, but maybe he lay there and he felt a few splashes on his face and he said, oh, Father, do I need to worry? No, son. Well, I bless you that you're in charge of the weather. And let's just watch these disciples panic. It'll be fun. (laughs) And he probably prayed, Lord, just help them to stay in the boat and not do anything stupid and I'll just sleep and rest here. And the peace of God, which transcended all understanding, was guarding his heart and mind. Verse 8, finally, brothers, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace, head on a pillow, the God of peace will be with you, a strong interior. I'm focusing on God. I'm not, devoid, I'm not giving up my responsibility. You can't say I'm going to stay at 40,000 feet and never get a job. Or I'm going to stay at 40,000 feet and never talk to people. You've got to have human relationships. You've got to go out and get some work. So ask God to help you. But there are a lot of things, you know what I'm talking about, where you can say, I don't need to spend my time focusing on that. Yeah. Yeah. There's lots of things we can't change. Yeah. We've got to wait for him to walk yeah. into the room yeah. and things will change. And then there's this lovely verse. So we'll end with this one. It's Isaiah uh, 26. Just to um, enlarge the point a little bit more. Isaiah 26 verse 3. It says this. You will keep in perfect peace. Oh, just say it. Perfect peace. You will keep in perfect head on a pillow peace. Him whose mind is steadfast. The secret of strength is in your mind. And the first lesson is this, focus. If you keep picking at that wound of a conflict or some of that happened, you're never going to let peace in. Our minds have to get steadfast. If you keep trolling over the bank statements, wondering how are we going to do it? There comes a point, as long as you're being sensible in God and wise... There comes a point when it won't come by looking at the statement one more time. It will come by giving our issues to God. It won't come by Googling on the internet what that pain might be in your left side. (laughs) Never do that. You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. Listen to this. A focused mind is a form of trust. A focused mind is a form of trust. I'm not going to look back. I'm not going to live in regret. I'm not going to 
pick over that conflict. I'm not going to pick over what they said. I'm not going to obsess over social media. I'm not going to, whatever it might be, keep looking at the bank statement, keep wondering about the diagnosis. I'm going to look at him. I'm going to look at him so that his peace can flood my heart and mind. And through this storm, I'll have head on a pillow peace. It says here, he'll keep in perfect peace. The word keep there means he's going to watch me, guard me, keep me, put me in a secret place. Here's another bit I like. Him whose mind is steadfast. It literally means him whose framework is leaning on God. You know, you talk about your frame of mind. What's yours leaning on? A lot of Christians come to church but live like humanists. I've got to make it all happen. Now listen to me. We have a God who walks into the room. We have a God who keeps his promises. We have a God who knows more about us than we'll ever know. He's already in our tomorrows. I want to lean my framework on him. I want to think on him. I want to meditate on him. I want to spend a moment every hour meditating on God and thanking Him for His goodness. Might just be for a few seconds while I sip a coffee in between a couple of phone calls, but I'm going to take some moments just to, just to realign myself to Him, to get my framework leaned on Him. I'm going to take a moment every day to chew a few scriptures and get my framework leaning on Him. I'm going to come to church every week and I'm going to get my framework leaning on him. I'm going to have a conversation with a good mentor once a month and sit down and talk about life. Why? To get my framework leaning on him. Once a year, I'm going to take a weekend out or a week to go on mission or a few days for sabbatical or retreat. Why? To get my framework leaned on him. Why? Because I want to be strong. Because the strong can do what the weak cannot. The strong can go where the weak cannot. The strong will survive where the weak give up. I want to be strong. Be bold. Be strong, for the Lord your God is with you. Get your mind on Him. It is time to be strong, Revive. It is time to be strong in the Lord. Get your framework resting. It also means refreshed by. It means revived by Him. A message on strength ultimately boils down to this. He is your strength. Amen? He's your strength. Let's get our focus back on Him. Let's break out of some bad ways of thinking. Realize, well, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning on, on a doctor's opinion. I'm leaning on my, my bank statement. I'm leaning on the approval of friends. No, I need to get myself leaning on Him. And don't think, but I'm a weak person. I can never do it. Some years ago when I was in South Africa, some friends of mine caught a rhino, like you do. They caught a rhinoceros and they had it in this large pen. The pen was probably about as, nearly as big as this room. And they had large posts around. They, they had a, about 100,000 acres of a game reserve, so this is the kind of thing they did. And so they had this rhino and they, they, they'd caught it and they were about to ship it off to another game reserve. And they put fence posts in, but it was a pen made of canvas ultimately, but... A rhino doesn't know how thick the canvas is. So he just sees a wall and stops. And so I'm there up on the edge of the canvas there and standing on one of the posts with my friends and we're talking about the rhino and looking at the rhino and laughing about the rhino and we'd just been petting lion the day before. 
I mean, we were having a proper African experience. And I said to them, so we're really safe, right? The rhino can't get out of here. Oh, no, the rhino can't get out. The rhino doesn't know the difference between a brick wall, a wood wall, and canvas. It just sees a wall. I said, well, that's good. They caught in this pen. Went to bed that night. The rhino escaped. (laughs) Some of the things that you and I think are paper-thin walls holding us in unbelief and in deception. You were not born to be weak. Even the weak, under the sound of the gospel, should start saying, I am strong. Even the poor should start saying, because of the cross of Jesus, I am rich. Change what you think. Break out of the pen that others put you in. Break out of the pen you put yourself in because of regret and shame. You were made to be strong. Let's learn together to be strong. Don't be intimidated by the word strong. We're all broken people being made strong by God's grace.